0: This week, Father Paul underscores the centrality of shepherd life over city life in the book of Exodus, specifically in its presentation of the Tent of Meeting. He also notes how the story emphasizes God rather than Moses as its author. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Okay, as a reminder, so that we can go more quickly over the rest of Exodus, there is no need to go into the details the way all the Christians, especially Orthodox, give importance to that, I remember very famous uh, North American convert who went to Balamand and he insisted that the iconostasis is already described in the book of Leviticus and so on. That's how the people think. And uh, I stressed enough uh, the importance of the movement of the story. The Bible is a trap, is a setup. It's an entrapment to catch you at the end in the act. Very early we have this, as I keep repeating in Genesis 2 and 3, with the tree, you know, of the knowledge that is there, and yet the human being is not allowed to touch it, which is silly. Why would God put it there? Unless the intention, obviously, is to test you, which is developed in Ezekiel, as we saw. So today I shall try to cover the rest of Exodus by pointing out the centrality of shepherd life over city life. In other words, you hear about the tabernacle, the building, the sanctuary, but the upper hand is given to the tent of meeting. So immediately realize, can you imagine the time you have to spend in ornamenting the tabernacle, and you have to undo it every day so that you can move over 40 years? It's a big joke on the hearer. Can you imagine reminding the North American Orthodox priests who spend their lifetime in ornamenting their building. And when it is old, they move to another place and buy another piece of land and buy and build another building. You remember that famous icon where the angel of the Lord was walking ahead of Constantine and showing him the places he was supposed to build and so on. I mean, it's all there in Orthodoxy. Why should I leave Orthodoxy? It's a big joke. It's very entertaining. And that's what you have in the law. And I would like to go over a few passages only and finish the book of Exodus. At the beginning of chapter 26, it's important to realize that what is translated as tabernacle in verse 1 in R.S.B. its original is mishkan, which means a place of residence from which we have even the Greek. Remember, the Greek vocabulary wise used the Semitic languages. Until now, a Greek calls the tent skini, from these three letters. S-K-N, which is the transliteration of the Hebrew Shakan. It's very obvious. It's right there in the language. Remember the famous uh, Ulysses Odysseus, king of Ithaca, was a shepherd ultimately. I mean, that was the mood of those times. And it is only Alexander that brought city life into the Middle East. So, that word is very important, and I shall quote you a text at the end of chapter 37 in Ezekiel. But before that, I want to point out that in verse 7 of Exodus 26, you have it even in the English, which, as I shall show you, will cheat in the translation at the end of Ezekiel. But here, you shall also make curtains of God's hair for a tent over the tabernacle. You have that over, which is translation of the original Hebrew. But, you know, NATO people cannot stand that for a long time. And then at the end of Ezekiel, we hear in RSV, My servant David shall be king over them and they shall all have one shepherd. Remember 37 parallels chapter 34. They shall follow my ordinances and be careful to observe my statutes which we shall see underscored at the end of Exodus. They shall dwell in the land where your fathers dwelt that I gave to my servant Jacob And they and their childrens and childrens shall dwell there forever. And David, my servant, shall be their prince forever. Notice there is a hit against kingship. He is king, he is shepherd. Technically, he is not a king. He is just the leader as a prince. Then you have, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them and I will bless them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. And this sanctuary is the translation of the Hebrew, "mikdash," a place of sanctity, which usually reflects a building. It's like the temple of stones. But then in the following verse, the tone changes. And my dwelling place, which is Mishkan, that word we hear in Exodus 26, shall be, notice here what the RSV does, with them. It tones down the original over them. So the original underscores the fact that the dwelling is a tent, and as such, I will be their God, and they shall be my people as a flock of sheep. Then the nations will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is the midst of them forevermore. And thus, the field that the hearer has is what as we shall see described in detail in the book of Exodus that ultimately God resides in the tent of meeting. So this whole thing about the tabernacle is a fast one against the hearer because at one point in the future all this will be destroyed. But, and this is the real blow, this will happen already in the following chapters, 32 to 34 of Exodus, which we're going to cover together. But before leaving Ezekiel, let me again underscore the fact that this tent, which in Hebrew it is Ohel, is reflected also in chapter 23, were the two capitals of Israel and Judah that are presented as harloting wives, their other names are Ohola and Oholiba. Very interesting, which doesn't mean anything for a an NATO person, but for someone who knows Hebrew, that someone will notice that it is taken from the root, OHEL, which is the tent. Let me move to the end of chapter 29. We have these four verses, beginning with 43. I'm back to Exodus. There, in the tent of meeting, let me go back to verse 42. It shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tent of meeting before the Lord, where I will meet with you to speak there with you. It is the tent of the Torah. God speaks, no Q&A period. He just teaches you. I will consecrate the tent of meeting. Notice that verb consecrate is qiddash, which is used as a root of the noun mikdash, which is basically the sanctuary out of stone. But here there is a hit in your ear against you. I will consecrate, I will make holy as you imagine the building of holiness is. What? The tent of meeting and the altar. Why? Because the altar is set in front of the tent of meeting. Aaron also and his sons, I will consecrate the same Kidesh. To serve me as priests. And the serve is Abad in Hebrew. And I will dwell among the people of Israel. Notice in the midst. And will be their God as a shepherd. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God. Who brought them forth out of the land of Egypt. That I might dwell among them. I am the Lord, their God. And this will become clear in the text that I just quoted from Ezekiel, where we have God as a shepherd and he resides in a tent. And that's why he shall be over them the way a tent is over you. And I move to the end of chapter 31 before this Lengthy passage of 32 to 34, where we hear about Aaron and the priests and the golden calf. We have the end of chapter 33 that is setting up the gravity of the sin of Aaron and the people. While Moses was on the mountain, it ends in this way. This is verse 18 of chapter 31. And he gave to Moses, when he had made an end of speaking with him about Mount Sinai, the two tables of the testimony, or tablets, tables of stone, and notice the ending, written with the finger of God. Powerful. Because until now, we have been hearing that Moses was writing down. But this is a literary way to say that Moses was writing the words of God himself and not his own words. The way later we hear Baruch writing the words of Jeremiah, which were put in his mouth by God. And he is just the writer. He is the secretary, if you like that the writer is God, very important. Finger meaning with the hand of God, with his power. And I keep repeating that this explains the strange construct of the books of the law, which are five compared usually to the other sets of four. Four is the totality. Uh, You cannot have something beyond the totality. But I'm convinced that the five books are like the five fingers of the hand that reflect his power and his presence. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.